Thank you for listening to the PCA podcast hosted by Praise Chapel Aziza. Be sure to also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud so you get notified when we have new episodes available to download or stream. You can also check us out on PCAzusa.com to find out more about us and see what's going on this month, as well as check us out on social media at PCAzusa. With that being said, get ready, because here comes the word. One through four. I'll be ministering out of that. Amen. I'm going to try to do something to use it. I don't have it on the Bible app this morning. Sorry about that, but I was a little crunched for time, and I didn't get it on the Bible app. We usually use the Version Bible to do this. Amen. Sometimes I feel it's a lot better from a digital thing. Maybe it's, I use the paper note still sometimes, and I use the phone sometimes, but um, praise God. As we're getting ready and... Um, Praying and fasting and asking God to open our eyes and to give us direction and give us guidance. I felt the Lord wanted me to drop this in us because of what God has in the future for us and where we're at as a church and for your own personal life. And the kind of the theme was like we're in pursuit of God. We're pursuing God. And when we pursue God, God reveals things to us. So I have this subtitle of Run With the Vision. And I just want to read this text with me. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 1. I just want you to hear his heart. And it says, The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. Now jump down to verse chapter 2 verse 1 through 4. And I'll kind of elaborate a little bit and get into this. And he says these words, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. I will watch to see what the Lord or what he will say to me and what I will answer then I am and when I, and, and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he who reads it, that he, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it waits, wait for it. Because it will surely come and not tarry. Behold the, Paul, the proud in the soul. Uh, the, the proud his soul is upright within him. But the just shall live by faith. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're going to do, what you're going to deposit, what you're going to reveal, what you're going to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Habakkuk's a minor prophet. He's uh, the forerunners in the times of Jeremiah and different prophets of the Bible. And in here he says he sees a burden in verse number, chapter 1. And just kind of let you know where he's at. He sees a burden in the land. He sees the people are distressed. Violence is running crazy. They're no longer obeying the laws. It's almost like God had abandoned the nation of Israel and the people. And, and he's, he's really troubled by what he's seen. He sees these things going on and, and, it, and it bothers him. And he's, he begins to just uh, uh, see these, the injustice. The laws are not being kept. The wickedness surrounds a righteous. And, and the prophet, he begins to just get troubled and he starts 
questioning God. <laughs> he starts asking God questions in chapter 1. He says, Lord, why is this going on? How many ever questioned God before? Question God because we don't understand the things that are happening. We question God because they're not being revealed to us the right way. It's not turning out the way we think it should. It seems unfair. So he, he brought this before the Lord. I just want to say in our seven-day fast, amen, I pray that you are bringing your needs before God. I pray that all the questions, all the confusion, all the dark areas of your life, you, as we pursue God, you're, you're asking God, why is this, Lord? What's going on here? What's happening here? God, I don't understand this. And this is what the prophet's doing. Read chapter 1. He sees all this stuff. And, he's, and, he's, and, then, and then all of a sudden you go to chapter 2 and he says something powerful. He says, I will, watch my, I will stand at my watch, set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me, what I will answer when I'm corrected. Now what he's saying, I'm bringing all this stuff before God. Now I'm going to stop. I'm going to wait. I'm going to listen. I'm going to see what God's going to say and how he's going to correct me. <laughs> how many know when God speaks to you, he sets everything straight? He makes the crooked road straight. Amen. There's times in our life, listen to this, amen. We have to wait for God to speak. And sometimes we don't wait for God to speak. We do our own thing. We go our own way. We want our own timing, but here the prophet says, I, I got these complaints, I got these things on my heart, man, on my mind, and you know what? And, he, and after he tells the Lord, he goes, now I'm going to wait to see what the Lord says. How is he going to answer me? He may choose to answer me or not. One commentary, I love the commentary of Matthew Henry, look what it says. It says, Abaca looked up, when he, when he chose to wait, he did this. He looked up, he looked around, he looked within and watched to see what the Lord's going to say to him. He said, I will listen attentively to the words of, my, of the mouth of God that I may not lose. Listen to what he says, the, the writer says, he, that Habakkuk says, I want to listen that I might not lose the least hint of instruction or direction. I will watch and see what God says to me, so I may read it. What the spirit of prophecy in me will detect me, or, or, or uh, detect me to me, and show me my answer. He writes. He says, even Habakkuk, even in the ordinary way, God was going to speak to him by His word. He speaks to us in our conscience. He speaks to us through a whispering. He speaks to us through a dream or through a vision. And Habakkuk says, I am intentionally waiting to hear from God whether he says, go this way and walk in it. Go that way or walk in it. We must attend to the voice of God in all ways. The prophet is standing on the tower of high places. Uh, he is making himself ready to receive all the mind of God for his life concerning the questions. He's expecting to hear from God. So he withdrew himself from the world to get above and raise himself to have attention and fix his thoughts, his studies, his scriptures, uh, his experiences, uh, and in prayer and set himself on a tower to hear from God. Wow, he wanted to hear from the Lord. How many know we think we want to hear from God? We're driving, we're eating, we're watching TV. I'm waiting for God to speak. God can't speak like that. He's standing watching. 
When we pray, God requires us to take a position of watching and waiting. Are you with me today? Amen. Praying and fasting, amen. We're, we're praying and fasting. We're waiting to see the needs of, of what God is going to, to do, amen. So God says, listen, and God speaks to him and says, listen, I, I, I'm going to show you something. And God speaks to him, amen, through a vision. Look what it says, uh, verse 2, then the Lord answered me. I got an answer. I got an answer. <laughs> hey, guys, I have an answer. And he says, write the vision down, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. You know, about probably like 10 years ago, I started using, I found, I realized I had a need to use glasses. How many use glasses in here? Some of you have them on, some of you don't have them on. How many are like me, pretend you don't need glasses? And what do you do? Like, you know, you Come on, every time I'm looking at my phone and without my glasses, I'm like that. And Sister Alba goes, put your glasses on. I get people that text me, put your glasses on, Pastor. Amen. <laughs> That's crazy. How do you know? Because I'm texting wrong words. I'm not spelling words right, you know. And so I have this problem that I just have this pride. That's right. This pride, the glasses aren't cool, man. So you try to find some cool glasses, like Gucci glasses or Louis Vuitton or, you know, I got these Oakleys on. I don't know if they're cool or not, but I can see better. (laughs) And sometimes, amen, without the glasses, you can't see right. When you don't have, you know you need it to have a vision. Many times I remember I was driving without them and things were kind of blurry. But when I finally got the glasses that I need, I put them on like, man, this is great. I can actually see the names. I could see the streets. I could see things. And I'm not, well, I need them. Amen. Let me just stop making excuses for myself. Vision is like that. We need to have a vision. And sometimes when we're seeking God for answers, God, his answer is sometimes not going to be the answer that you want, but he will answer you in a vision. It may not be the answer to what you want, but he'll show you what's going to happen. He'll show you the outcome and, and what, what is going to happen in the future. The Bible says, that, I mean, the Bible, the dictionary says a vision is the ability to see or have sight or insight and in something you might imagine. It's a picture that you may see in your mind. It's some type of dream or, 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 or experience that you're seeing something that, that's not but yet can be. Vision. Vision. Grab it, understand it, uh, desire it. The proverb says this in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. I love this. It says where there is no vision, the people perish, but he who keeps the law is happy. Amen. Another translation says this: where there is no divine revelation from God, people scatter and run without restraints. So the proverb saying, when we don't have a vision, we're going to wreck our life. As a Christian, as a believer, if you don't have a vision for your life, for your ministry, for what God is doing within your soul, within, your, within the sphere of your life, your family, whatever it may be, you're going to drift away. You don't have a reason to stick it out. You don't got a reason to run forward. Why? Because there's nothing to look forward to in the future. Because I don't see nothing ahead of me. Because there's no revelation, no insight. So they scatter away. I love this quote. It says, dissatisfaction and discouragement are not caused by the absence of things, but the absence of vision. 
Did you get that? Dissatisfaction and discouragement are not caused because you don't have something, but it's caused because you have no vision. When we're discouraged and we're oppressed and we're here with trials, when you have a vision, amen, and you're looking forward to something that God promised you, God showed you, amen, you're not going to be discouraged. You're not going to be dissatisfied, amen, because you're going forward in God. Amen. Vision is the ability to see the invisible. Come on now. Amen. What you're praying for, what you're believing God for, it may not be happening now, but vision lets you see it. You don't hear me. Amen. What you're praying for, what you're believing God for, you may not have it now, but vision lets you see it. Amen. As a people, God, we must have vision. We, it keeps the course for us. It keeps the direction for us. It helps us, amen, uh, uh, to look beyond impossibilities. I don't think it can happen. I don't believe it. Vision says, yes, I showed it to you. Come on. Vision will cause you to see what's not yet to come. I love with the story about Walt Disney, his vision. One day he walks out to a beautiful big old patch of land in Anaheim, California. And he's with Art Linkletter. And they're out there walking, and he's beginning to cast a vision of saying, one day I believe that we can build, that we can put an amusement park here where people from all over the world would come and enjoy their life. Man, uh, and little did he know that you know, it was going to be called the happiest place on earth. But Art Leetletter said this. He goes, that could never be. That, I, I could never see that everybody coming from all over the world or anything like that. And we know today that Disneyland is the most visited place in all the world. But here's a man who looked out to nothing and he saw something. Did you get it? Now, you got to grab this. That wherever you're at in life, grab something here. Grab it. Steve Jobs, we know, amen, this man who's, who's no longer here with us. But he introduced 13 years ago something that would change the way we communicate all over the world. And it was the iPhone. He says, here I present to you the iPhone that would change the way we communicate all over the world. Before it was ever out, before we ever even knew how to communicate the way we do today. Amen. Steve Jobs had a vision. I'll never forget the visionary of our fellowship, Mike Neville. Who one day stood up before 60 people in a congregation. And he says, you know, one day we're going to reach the world by planting churches. And we're going to have churches all over the world, in Mexico, in the Philippines, in Germany. And he was casting a vision among 60 people. And today we have that. And he's been gone for 22 years. Amen. See, vision's important for your life. It's important for the kids. It's important for your family. It's important for your children. It's important for your future. Amen. Vision comes from God. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. And without a vision, the Bible says we will die. We will not live. We won't have a purpose. Amen. We're going to get down in this a little bit more. It comes from God. I love what God told Abraham in, in Genesis 15, 5. He brought him outside and says, look now towards heaven, Abraham. Count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. And go out to the entrance of the tent as you look on the stars. Wow. He calls Abraham and says, go out to your tent. Look at the stars. So Abraham's listening to God. He's looking at the stars. He goes, that's going to be all your family. He's giving him a revelation. He's giving him insight. See, this Christian life is just not like, we're just going to go to church on Sunday and Wednesday and that's it. No, you're going to get some insight, some revelation for your life, for your family, guys. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. That's exciting. Amen. That's fire. Amen. That's, that's bomb stuff right there. (laughs) 
Come on now. He, he tells the man of God, the leader, the father, come on, men. He's speaking to our lives. He said, go out there, look, at, look out there, look out there, see, see what I got for you. See your family, see your destiny, see your, your heritage, uh, see what I want to do through your life. Amen. He's speaking truth. He's speaking anointing. He says, oh, Abraham, listen, man, you're, you see all the stars? Yes, I see. You know, God speaks like that. See all the, he's looking at the stars. He goes, I wonder what he's thinking. Like, oh, beautiful stars, how beautiful it is out there in the desert. He goes, that's going to be your descendants. Your descendants are going to be more than all the stars. <laughs> Catch it. Catch it. There's a story about Elisha, how he was being surrounded by this Syrian army. I've shared this story before. I love it. And though Elijah had insights, because he's a praying man, and he knew that he had some struggles in his life, and he's being attacked and persecuted, so he's surrounded by the Syrian army. And the servant comes out and says, Hey, what's going on, Elijah? Look at what's happening. We're being surrounded. He goes, Help us. And God says, Don't worry. There are more with us than are with them. And I could see the servant say, well, I don't see nobody else in this tent. It's just me and you, Elisha. Elisha says, God, open his eyes that he may see. Come on now, amen. Give him a vision. He can see what I'm seeing. Give him, let him see what's going on. And the Bible says immediately his man's eyes were open and he looked on the hills. And what did he see? Chariots of the army of God all around them. Said, oh, we, we don't got to worry about what we see in the natural. Come on now. Amen. Uh, there's something happening in the supernatural, guys. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. you better grab it. You got to run with it. Let's run with a vision in 2020. Amen. No matter what the hindrances, the obstacles are, no matter what's surrounding us, what's in our way, man, uh, there's something far greater beyond what we're saying. This is not just a, uh, a sermon of, you know, I want to just like give you a little, a little, uh, I said something the other day, uh, motivational. And Eddie goes, no, it was motivational. I meant like I'm not a motivational speaker. This is not hype. This is spiritual, divine revelation, truth for your life. Amen. And you got to grab it today. Hallelujah. The story about Elijah in the time of a drought. Because in the crisis of your life, when all hell's coming in, and it don't look like there's an answer, and it doesn't look like nothing's going to work out, and you're possibly going to die, it's going to fall apart. We must look to God. And God maybe not answer like the answer that you want, but he can answer with a vision. So I see something. I don't care what anybody says. I see he, Elijah's here with a servant. Not Elisha, but Elijah was a servant. And there's a drought. And he puts his ear to the ground. And he goes, go out there on the hill and tell me what you see. And he goes out there and he sees nothing. He goes, I see nothing, my Lord. He goes, go do it again. He says, I see nothing, my Lord. He goes, go do it again. Seven times he goes there. And the seventh time he comes back, he goes, I see a cloud the size of a fist. He goes, go tell everybody the rain's coming. You know what? There was a vision there. And you know why he's seen it? Because he didn't give up. He didn't quit. I said he didn't, he didn't, he didn't walk away from it. Amen. He goes, ah, it's nothing's happening seven times. I prayed. I don't see nothing. Now forget it. No, you, you got to be persistent. You got to pursue. 
You got to seek. You got to cry. You got to say, God, show me, God, what my life. Show me what's going to happen. Show me I'm healed. Show me my family's saved. Show me what you're doing, God. Show me the answer, God. Hallelujah. Jesus told the disciples, He says, Look on the fields. See all these people? To them, they were just people. He says, oh, they're not people. They're a harvest. (laughs) They're lost. How many harvests did we go by today? How many people have we passed just today? Jesus, lift up your eyes and look. See, people can look, but you don't see. We're looking, but we're not seeing. Because we're looking in the natural and not looking in the supernatural. We're spiritual people. We're spiritual beings. And we look to God. And God says, listen, I want you to look up and see. And not going to see just people. You're not going to see a field. You're not going to see an ocean. But you're going to see a harvest. You're going to see people out there that need to be reached. Amen. You're going to see people, amen. He says, I don't want you to just see the drug addict, see the homeless person, see that beat up person, that lost teenager, that little rebel, that little devil. I don't want you to look at it like that. Oh, but I want you to see a harvest, amen. I want you to see people that are hurting, that are broken, that are lost, uh, that are ready to be brought in, amen, for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. They're ready to be reaped. They're ready to be won. They're ready to be reached. Come on. Vision does that. I said vision does that. It's birthed by a passion. The burden of Habakkuk. He had a burden. He said, oh God, why is the world so lost? What's happening, Lord? You're not moving on your people. And it, it caused them to, to begin to cry out to God. It was a burden. you have a burden for, for anything? Maybe it's for your family. And you say, man, Lord, my family is a distraught. It's a mess. It's dysfunctional. We're the only dysfunctional family. Well, I just got news for you. You're not. Because I come from a dysfunctional family. Well, I, if I would see, say how many people have a dysfunctional family, everybody should raise their hands. Because we don't know how to function. But now we have the unction, hallelujah, of the Holy Ghost so we can function for God now. Amen. But you begin to let this thing birth in your life, amen, through a passion, through a burden. And and, and begin to make something happen with it. This is what happened with Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter uh, chapter two, verse chapter one. He he hears he hears that the, the walls are burned down. The families are all distraught. Everybody's scattered around. And the Bible says that it, it became heavy on him. It became a burden. He got burdened with the news of something wasn't right. And he began to pray and he began to fast. He began to cry out to God. And he said, "You know what now." I think we can go build the walls. We can restore these people. Because it's not just something that you just make it happen. I see people with businesses and ideas and creative things they want to do. It's birthed with a burden. 
I want to do something for God. People that want to, ministries have been birthed because someone had a burden to do something, to win people, to build a church, to, to see a ministry be successful, to, 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 uh, to serve in the ministry for, for, for different reasons. You know, all this Sunday school and ushering and uh, altar workers and, and ushers and nursery workers, all this doesn't come up. You know, somebody, may, somebody had a burden. What about these little kids? We've got to do something for these kids. Uh, and, they, and they birthed, they had a vision. Man, I, I could see a, a big ministry for children. I have a burden for youth. I have a burden for young adults. I got a burden for married couples. And, and, and this, this burden, this passion, uh, as we begin to see God, God gave him a vision to do something. This is what Mike Neville was about. He said, I, I see the world lost and we're a small church. You know, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I think we can plant churches and put churches everywhere to reach people today. Why? Because of burden. You know what? Sometimes we don't have a burden. But God wants you to get a burden, a passion. For your family. You ever think about your kids? You ever see your kids? And I, I you know, I'm, I, I don't want to, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to say something about pastors' kids. They, they, they face so many things, so many challenges. I, I've never really understood until I begin to talk to my kids and pastors' kids and all the heat that they take, all the stuff that they hear, all the things that people say. You know, they, you know, they say all these things. I've taught ta- PKs, pastors' kids, PKs, man. They, uh, they go through a lot because everybody thinks, well, you're spoiled and you're this. And, you're good, you know, they, and they, don't, they don't honor them. They don't respect them. They have sometimes, you know, it just, uh, it's a horrible thing. to, to Sometimes nobody wants to be a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor's kid. No way. They demand pressure. Then even parents were like, hey, you got to live right. You know, we're the first ones on them. you got to live for God, man. You know, you're making me look bad and all this other stuff. But the truth is, you ever look at your, I'm so blessed when I see my daughter and now her husband. You know, I'm going to say this. I had a vision of Raymond before he married my daughter. I did. I, I visionized what he looked like. I go, this is going to be a big guy. <laughs> you know, Ray, love, I love Ray, man. Ray's one of the best. He's a good son-in-law, man. A good, good, he loves God. He's a good husband. But you get blessed when you see your kids in ministry. You have a vision for your kids, whether it's ministry or business. But as long as God's in it, God needs to be in it, right? We're Christians. They need to understand that God's in your business, mijo. He's the one, man. Mija, he's the one. You know what? And, and you know, you got to have that burden, that passion, that vision for your family, your household. My children serving God are, are just an encounter with God. Amen. And we got to look at our family first and say, man, my wife, uh, my sons, my daughters, my husband. The vision, amen, and we have to have a passion for our family and say, you know what, I, I want my family to live for God, my daughters to live for God. I'm going to be the example, I'm going to impart vision, you're going to prophesy over them, pray for them, speak life into them, speak good things into their life. Sometimes we, we can crush even what God has for them by speaking so negative or living the life that's not right in front of them. Because they don't go by what we, they hear, they go by what they see. What they see. They gotta see you, amen, living what you believe. Are you guys with me today? Amen. Vision is an action word. God, Habakkuk, the Lord says this Hey, Habakkuk, listen, this is a vision. Write it down. How many have a vision today? Write it down. 
Amen. This is what he told John in the book of Revelation. All the things I'm showing you, write it down. We have the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible. Amen. Most of the things have not come to pass yet. Amen. And they're written down so we can believe and trust in it. And John the Revelator got the vision. The revelation means vision. John got the revelation of the vision for the future. And he wrote it down and we read it today. Write down the vision, God says. Why? So that people and yourself who hear it can run with it. That your family say, oh, we're going to serve God. We're going to do great things. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be, you're going to excel in the things. And you write it down and you believe in it. Acts chapter 26, verse 19. Paul the apostle, he's standing before King Agrippa. And he has been touring the whole land, preaching the gospel, and they're getting frustrated with him. They already want to, they've beaten him several times. They try to kill him several times, and now he's before the king. And he says these words as he's being questioned by people Why are you doing this? Why are you living for God? Why are you in church all the time? Why are you serving God? Why do you believe that God's real and God's good? He goes, Oh, king, oh, king Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. God showed me something and I'm going after it. Come on now. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to bury it. I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to disobey it. I was not disobedient, he says. Thomas Edison said, vision without execution is a hallucination. How many know a lot of Christians just hallucinate in church? Because we have, a, we have something we want to do, but we don't execute it. We don't write it down. It's an action word. We don't run after it. I remember I was sharing with some of the guys. I remember seeing myself preaching when I wasn't even a preacher. I see myself preaching. I remember I was being in the church when nobody was there, and I grabbed the mic. And said, I want you to know, friends, and I was acting like a preacher. Massive crowd. How many know? I see that hand back over there. I see that hand over there. I said, there's nobody in the building. I was like, just living it out. I was mocking. I was just living it out. I was like prophesying over myself. I remember preaching in my garage all by myself. I want you to know, friend, I'm getting down. I'm having church. And God says, you know what? You're preaching to win. I thought, that's right. So I had to go to the streets and do it. I remember seeing my, my kids. I, I remember visualizing me and my wife serving God. I remember visualizing this church. I remember praying for this building. I remember when I walked into this building, we, I used to park here. Just, I didn't, there was banners, church here. There's like three or four churches in this building. And I'll never forget, I parked here one day and I looked and the banners were gone. And I thought, man, Lord, what's going on here? There's nobody here. Huh. So I go, Lord, you got to open the door. So you know what I did? I walked around the whole building and I grabbed every door. So I'll try to open it up. But guess what? This one door was open. Like, one door is always open here. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> to this day, there's still doors open, amen? Like, this door's not locked. <laughs> I opened the door back here, and I walked in. Hello, anybody here? This is like 16 years ago. And I closed the door. Is anybody here? I'm looking for a janitor, somebody there, nobody. I go, praise God. I go, Lord, like my feet are on the ground. I got on my knees. I'm, God's my, I, got, I said, Lord, I am here. I got possession. You've opened the door. I pray, God, open the door. Here we are, God. Let us in. Praise God. Put my card in the Pastor Dean's office here. We went to be with the Lord, who I had the blessing to do his memorial service. He called me three months later, and he says, you know, and God told me, it's all, don't worry about it. I got this. 
put my card in there. I talked to him. He called me. He goes, well, there's two other churches that need the building and they're Baptist or whatever. I said, okay, well, just call me. Kept looking, kept believing, you know, and just, and then th- two months later, he calls me. He goes, they all declined. Come on in. It was a month after that. We we're having church in the fellowship hall. Amen. Uh, then we came here and here we are today. But I envisioned it, guys. Amen. I envision my family getting saved. You got to envision some things. Amen. You got, and you got to take action on it. You got to, you got to see, amen, in what you believe by faith. Are you with me today? Japanese proverb says, vision without action is a daydream. Action without vision is a nightmare. And so he tells Habakkuk, write it down so that people can see it and run with it. And so I'm telling you today, guys, that we have a vision. You have a vision. And if you have a vision for your life, for your future, for your family, write it down. Say, Lord, speak to me. Write it down. And then begin to take action with it. Begin to start doing something with it. Run with it with all your might, with all your heart. Seek God about it. Amen. Put your faith with it. Because the Bible says the just will live by faith. That's what faith is. Let me bring it down to a close. You're talking about vision, Pastor. Yes, I am. Because my question to you is, what is your vision? What's your vision today? What's your vision for your family, for your life? In the kingdom of God, because, what, 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 you know, the vision's going to help you go. It's going to help you make it. You visualize your, your wife. You have a vision for a wife. Single man, you got a vision for a wife. You visualize that. You visualize yourself single, you know, forever, I, whatever it is. You know, you don't say, well, I don't, you know, pray. God, give me a vision of my wife. It's usually not the first girl that walks at the door either. There she is right there. That's, that's my girl right there. I'm getting her. Amen. <laughs> like a, she's looking at you. You're like, what's your problem? Just, just praying for vision right now. <laughs> praying for revelation here. Amen. How about your husband? Man of God for your life. You have a vision for that? Your children, your family. What's your vision today? God told Jeremiah as he was in a place where he's being called of God. He says, Jeremiah, what do you see? He says, what do you see? He goes, I see a branch of an almond tree. He says, I see something budding, something flourishing, something developing before my eyes. He says, oh, you've seen well, Jeremiah. Come on, my friend. What do you see, church? Come on, what do you see with your life? What do you see for the, your future, for your family? What do you see for our church? Can you see it? Do you see what we're going to be? Can you see what God's going to do? Oh, come on now, amen. I'm casting a vision, man. I, I'm opening up your eyes, your spiritual eyes. I want you to see. You gotta, if you don't see, that's okay. Pray and God will do something. He'll start showing you what's budding, what's forming before your eyes. You see your family saved? Do you see Roger saved? Do you see your kids saved? Do you see Bible study in your house? Everybody lifting their hands, praying. Do you see that? Come on, do you, do you see yourself in the ministry, playing the instrument, worshiping on, on a worship team? Do you see yourself teaching a Sunday school or class or having a Bible study in the park or in a home or a coffee shop? Amen? What do you see today? Do you see yourself leading people to God? Come on, amen. Do you see yourself just accept? You've seen yourself making it through the hardest trial of your life. We're going to go through this. We're going to make it. Amen. Come on, church. What do you see? 
I still hear it and say, I don't see nothing. Do you see yourself preaching or teaching, serving, loving God, joyful? Amen. How about a business? See yourself in your business? Say, man, God, you blessed me with this business. Me and God, he's my business partner, man, in my business. Do you see God in your business? What do you see, church? What do you see? God, open our eyes. Open our eyes. And we can see. Just close your eyes right there. Don't go to sleep. I heard somebody say, heard somebody say praise God. Don't, not, don't doze off on me. See. See your kids. Do you see your family? Do you see your living room full of people praying and worshiping? Do you see the location we're going to be at? Maybe it's several locations. Do you see that? The vision? Life groups? God, open our eyes. We have a vision. We have a purpose. What do you see? See God using you? It's you serving? Getting out of the rut? Coming out of this dark place? Grab a vision. I listened to a documentary yesterday about a woman named Dolores Huerta. She was an activist with Cesar Chavez in the 70s. She grew up in East L.A. and she was standing for Chicano movement and the rights. She was beat up by the cops. Bad. And it caused her to be more, more of an activist. And she, she wanted to stand more for more rights. Of, she wanted to stand against injustice. She wanted to stand against things that were not fair to the, the culture of the Chicanos and the Mexicanos, Latinos. And she said these words in an interview yesterday. She's the only time you lose is when you give up. She's 89 years old. She's still speaking today. She says the only time you lose is when you give up. I'm telling you, church... Don't give up. Don't give up. We're not giving up. We got prayers. We were trying to believe in God for our kids, our family. We got a lot of people that want to get saved in our family. We're not giving up for them. We're not going to give up believing God for them. As a church, don't give up. In your life, well, nothing's happy. Don't give up. But get a vision. Pursue the vision, the purpose for your life. Because where there is no vision, the people perish. But happy are those that have it. We have core values here at Praise Chapel. We believe in our mission statement of win, which means to preach the gospel to every soul everywhere. We believe in the mission statement of mend, seeing lives that are broken, healed to wholeness. Our mission statement to build, disciples into faithful, fruitful followers of Jesus Christ to release or send people also into their calling and ministry. That's our mission statement. Our vision statement is to be a church to make impact for the kingdom of God in our generation, community, and throughout the world. Amen. That's our mission. Our purpose is to bring glory to God as we worship Him by our lifestyles and serve Him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what we're all about. And this can look like many different ways. It can be in houses. 
It could be in prayer meetings. It can be in restaurants. We can have church, amen. When we move out here, I want you to grab a vision. We can have church in a, in a hotel. We can have church in a school. We can have church in a recreation center. We can have church in a commercial building. We can have church in another building. We can have church in multiple places today. Amen. As long as we have a vision, it doesn't matter where we are. What's your vision? What do you see? What do you see? I want you to grab it. I want you to grab it. Thank you, Jesus.